0: It is Friday on this program. You know what that means? Well, you don't know what that means, because Fridays, we're adding a new segment on Friday afternoon. We used to do this segment all the time, but all this news happened, and uh, Dave got really busy. But now, starting today, Dave Meltzer returns Fridays. Second segment of the show, Dave's going to be on. We'll talk about the top stories in the newest edition of the Wrestling Observer a Newsletter. And more. And then, yes, as promised a couple of days ago, Montesi will join us for the final segment of the show. So, uh, two big guests on the show today. And we might be having uh, two big guests on the show going forward every Friday. So, that's going to be the plan from this point forward. In the meantime, we have a lot of news. Including Dynamite ratings. Michael Elgin suing Impact. NXT Stand and Deliver. Taking place on April 2nd. In case you want to watch... A full NXT show and then a full first night of WrestleMania on the same day. I'll tell you about that. Keith Lee talks Bearcat. And yes, got some thoughts on the Vince McMahon interview on the Pat McAfee show. Did you guys see it? I think the number one thing I heard from people was how much better Vince looked here than he does on television. And uh, how humanizing the interview was. I thought it was a very, very good interview. Of course, it's a Vince McMahon interview, so there's going to be some controversial things here and there. But I thought he was on top of his game in terms of being Vince McMahon on an interview. So there was a there was a small angle. Basically, he challenged Pat McAfee to have a match at WrestleMania, and said he would find a uh, fitting opponent for him. Uh, the internal uh, WWE lineups for WrestleMania had had uh, they had listed Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee, but I don't think we're going to see a full Vince McMahon match versus Pat McAfee, but we'll see what they do with this angle, and the rest was just an hour and a half of uh, Vince doing his, as they claim, first live interview in 15 years, so if you haven't seen it, check it out on the Pat McAfee Show, we can talk about that today, and uh, so much more, so stick around, back in a moment everybody, Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Vivi also of WrestlingObserver.com. I'm going to get into the news here in a moment, but I have to do a quick uh, PSA and cameo plug. Somebody on uh, YouTube said they haven't got their cameo yet, okay? I have one I haven't done. So if you happen to be that guy that uh, I think it was sent in yesterday, uh, if you're that guy, I'm going to get it done this afternoon. Uh, if you're not that guy... I've been told that for whatever reason, some people have uh, requested a cameo, and then Cameo never alerted them when it was done, but it's been done forever. So, uh, if you requested a cameo and you haven't got it, go to Cameo because it may be up there. Uh, apparently, uh, some people I don't know if it's a notification setting or whatever, but uh, there's only one I haven't done yet. Hopefully, by the time the show's over, there's multiple I haven't done yet. Right? Only thirty-five dollars. Wish you happy birthday. Bury your friends. Give you a pep talk. Talk to one bloke. Anyway. It's Give me a juice. pep talk. Hey, 35 bucks, dude. It's all it takes. Those ones are Ooh. hard, by the way. It's much easier when people want me to do a burial.
1: I blast yeah. those things out. I bet. What's the turnaround time on these supposed to be for you? From well, the they... time you get it to the time you get
0: this thing out there. I think the average, like they tell you it's supposed to be done in like three or four days, but I get most of them done like in a few hours unless I'm away. Or the one I haven't done yet, this guy wants me to review some fight scene from some show and there's like I got to find this thing. That's part of the problem. <laughs> like if your fight scene is not easily accessible or or you know, something I can find on YouTube or long, I mean, bro, it's $35. So I made just say, "Brother, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this cameo." <laughs> so, like I don't want you to make my life easy, but don't make my life hard for $35. Got it? How many how many have you turned down so far? I've turned down one. Really? Yeah, because somebody wanted, wanted me to bury a, a public figure and it was designed clearly to just try and stir up trouble and I was like, I ain't doing this. Sorry. Nobody's offered you anything for But I uh, did do I did do a, a happy birthday for Bruce Pritchard. Oh, I had fun with that one. I wished him a happy birthday. I hope he does have a happy birthday. I got nothing <laughs> personal against the guy.
1: Something I mean, tells me if they read this on air, you'll be hearing back about shows it. Shows
0: are surely lame, but uh, oh. and then I was watching the Vince interview yesterday, and Vince is uh, you know, he's talking about how I don't li- I don't, he says he has not listen to the positives or the negatives. He doesn't want to hear praise, and if he's not going to hear praise, he doesn't want to hear the, the negative either. So he doesn't listen to the negative or the positive, he says. And he goes, I don't listen to anything, these these uh, you know, everyone on the internet, people, old grudges, and I don't listen to any of it. And uh listen, I'm not saying the guy's wrong, and I'm not saying he needs to listen to me, of course, but but you know, I certainly I do not read my mentions on Twitter because those are like the bottom of the barrel. and uh I rarely go on the YouTube chat for this show because ugh. but I do like the twitch homies that they they pay, you know, I forget what it is four ninety nine a month or whatever or the people that pay twelve ninety nine a month and post on our board, I I do read that stuff. And, you know, some of it's positive and some of it is negative. And uh, the one thing I have noted is after you've done this for a while, you can, you can really start to see uh, the, the negative comments. You can really start to see the ones that are just like, this guy's an idiot and a troll. And uh, you can also see the ones where it's negative, but uh, the negative, it's like, it's like, positive negative feedback where you can listen to and you go, you know what, this dude, you know, he's, he doesn't like me or he didn't like this show or he didn't like this segment. But you know what? He's right. So I, I'm not one of those people that says, you know, don't listen to anything. Don't listen to the positive or the negative. I think that, you know, if you've, if you've, you know, been exposed to the positive and negative for a long time, you can start to weed out what's just some idiot troll and what's a person that, You know, they're a fan, and they pay, and for the most part, they like it, but they have there's something they don't like, and there's something you can learn from it. Which, speaking of, by the way, Vince goes, Oh, I've made a lot of mistakes that uh, I have learned from. (laughs) I was like, where am I for this interview? Because I'd like to say name one. I see a lot of mistakes that they just make over and over and over and over again. I could talk about this interview for an hour, but I don't want to waste everyone's time. But, you know, he did talk about Saudi Arabia. And you know what he said about Saudi Arabia? What's that? He goes, the Saudi people are just like any other people. And uh, it's very interesting when he said that. Because uh, he also had another line where he goes, you know, uh, my job was much harder before we went public. Because before we went public... You know, I had to fire somebody, and then, you know, you realize that their mother has cancer, or, you know, you, you feel for these people in your heart. But then you go public, and it's all business. <laughs> and there's, like, a brief shot of Pad McAfee's face, and, like, I think he was trying not to sell this comment, but he, there was just a brief shot, and I was, like, reading his mind. But I just thought, you know what? You're right. When you go public, you are beholden to your shareholders. But that certainly doesn't mean you can't have a heart. Like, you don't have to go public and then say that all these people you fired were dead weight. And I was thinking about the Saudi Arabia thing, and he's right. It's like, if you want to look at the Saudi Arabia thing, and you want to literally turn a blind eye to all of the humanitarian issues in Saudi Arabia, and just think, you know what? These fans... Are just like any other fans anywhere around the world, and they deserve a live WWE show. I mean, you can do that, and that's clearly what this guy is doing. He has a way of, well, you know, we are doing business with a really scummy government, but you know what? Those fans, those fans deserve a show. That's the way he looks at it. These fans deserve a show. And he looks at, you know, all these, you know, all the dead weight he fired. And uh, and you know Triple H, who's his son-in-law, but it's like you gotta look at family like it's uh you know like you're running a business. These family members are just like employees, which you know, or independent contractors or whatever. So it's a very fascinating psychological look at Vince McMahon. I realize that I'm saying a lot of things here, and it it, it sounds like he came off as like totally scummy, but he actually came off as like I don't want to say like a he came off as like a guy. He came off as a guy who runs a business. But he just happens to uh, turn a blind eye to a lot of things and, you know, anyway.
1: Did you watch it? I, I haven't yet. I've, I've heard the Jericho Keith Lee one. I haven't heard McAfee and Vince yet. But nothing that's come out of this is any surprise whatsoever. Doesn't seem to be, at least. Seems like he's Vince McMahon. And do you blame him? I mean, for it sounds like Vince is being Vince and telling the truth. Would you want him any other way? Would you want a promoter and a a guy who (laughs) certainly has done his, you know, level of things over the years and, you know, his sliding scale of morals? I mean, he's telling the truth he's telling the truth better than any other businessman here in america would be doing it you're all just numbers you're all just that's all you are if you work for me that's all you are and yeah maybe before it was a little bit more difficult because now you have that whole thing that everybody else hides behind everybody hides behind the shareholders we're beholden to the shareholders see this is about their money and we need their money to fund our money that way we give you jobs so sometimes we have to make these hard callous decisions and come on i mean it it there was no that does not seem to be anything revelatory in this whatsoever other than maybe people for the first time are hearing this stuff about vince i saw some reactions where it was like you know vince doesn't listen to anything online like that's a surprise to anybody his circle is closed that's a surprise to anybody you know, that's the biggest sin in all of this if you're a wrestling fan is that he's done things the way he's done them for years and kept his circle tight and it's been beneficial in a lot of ways. But you heard it with you'll hear it with Keith Lee and Chris Jericho and you've heard it many times. People are scared to death to even approach Vince now with anything because that's how fearful they are of their jobs. That's how tearing up scripts Things changing on the fly minutes before a show. Things changing after the show goes on. All this stuff and just the, the way that he is. I mean, again, no surprise for any of this. And I guess if it is new to you,
0: then, well, welcome to the world of Vince McMahon. Okay, do a break, back with Dave. We'll talk about the new Observer Newsletter up on the site right now. Back in a moment, Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Elber is here, Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Simpervivi, Dave Meltzer back here on the show. Hey. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. New Observer is out right now, WrestlingObserver.com just went up this morning. Obviously, you can get a uh, hard copy as well, but the easiest way, WrestlingObserver.com, you can sign up today, get the newsletter, as well as all of our podcasts. Every single podcast we do, 13,000 archived podcasts, 12,000 uh, Twelve, thirteen thousand. But anyway, uh, Dave, the New Observer top story: Ring of Honor and uh, AEW. Uh, Tony Khan's actually purchase of of Ring of Honor. And uh, do anything? Do we know anything new about uh, what what the plans are?
2: No, I don't know anything new about Tony Khan's plans, but hopefully we'll hear about that in the next couple of days. But, um, yeah, the story has a lot about um, a lot of history stuff as far as like similar purchases, similar deals when it comes to uh, pro wrestling going back the last 40 plus years. UFC's purchases of different organizations and how it transpired, why and the results And uh, also, you know, about uh, WWE's uh, talks in the past of purchasing Ring of Honor, including being in negotiations right at the same time with AEW when Sinclair was looking to dump the thing. So, um, yeah, we got a lot of details on all that stuff.
0: Okay, so we have talked many times about uh, the most famous, I think, being the uh, WCW invasion after WWF bought WCW and then they... I mean, it was like nine months they tanked that thing into oblivion. Yes. What would you say would be the most successful purchase of another company and then integration into the existing company?
2: UFC and WEC.
0: That would be the most successful.
2: And I'll tell you why. Um, Yeah, because they had several years before they integrated it. And the reason, and the other one that will end up being... Successful is uh, Bushy Road purchasing stardom. And the reason is, is because the second company was completely different from the first company. If you were both doing professional wrestling, um, the more popular company, it makes more sense to market the more popular company and not market the, the secondary company because you're just wasting, you're just um, not wasting money, but you're not maximizing your revenue. But if you are doing two completely separate types of wrestling like in the case of uh new japan stardom one is doing men's wrestling one is doing women's wrestling it's not like um julia big stars biggest star of stardom it's not like um she could go to new japan and be more valuable in new japan so therefore um you know you're you're going to strip the smaller company to to build the bigger company um With WEC, the key part of WEC, and this was Joe Silva's idea, was if we just do a league just like UFC, it's just going to be a secondary league, and it's not going to have any identity, and it won't succeed. So what we're going to do at the time, UFC did no fighters under 155, so they brought So Joe Silva decided to build it around Uriah Faber and um, actually uh, Miguel uh, um, Perez-Torres-Torres. Miguel Torres, I'm sorry, yeah, my, my brain doesn't work sometimes. Miguel Torres, and later um Dominic Cruz became a big star, but the whole idea, and Aldo as well. But the idea was is that we are going to present guys that are the best in the world, just not at something UFC is presenting. And it worked until it got so popular that it ended up being merged back into UFC anyway, and it just strengthened UFC itself, which by the time that merger came, that was the right thing to do, because at that point... Those two categories, those two weight classes could draw a lot more money with the UFC name than they could with the WC name. And at that point, it's made all the sense in the world to put them in, um, UFC. So those would be, that's the model. If you have a completely different product of people who the top stars in the, um, smaller company could not go to the bigger company and make more money with the bigger company, then that, that situation works. But if they can, inherently, what's going to happen is, is that, the top stars are going to move, be moved. The smaller company is going to be not draw, and uh, eventually it'll go away.
1: While there's plenty of footage from Ring of Honor, both before and after HDNet, as well as you know everything that AEW has put together so far, would it still behoove them to look around and try to pick up other properties? There's been rumors about other possible promotions that they could maybe accumulate the libraries of shimmer is the most glowing example of one that is untouched by really anybody right now i know it's on high spots but there's no affiliation with anybody it doesn't seem like that that would prevent that is that something that they should look to do or do you think ring of honor and aew just looking at that may be enough for the time being and just getting that straight where they want it to be is that enough
2: um, I mean, it's never, nothing's ever enough and nothing's ever too little. It depends on when, but, I mean, to me, the, the most, the, the two libraries that they could get, um, would be, that would be the most valuable. The one that would be the most value would be the, um, ECW house show library, which is 404 house shows of ECW, which WWE doesn't own. Um, it's basically every house show from 1994 until the company folded. So you're talking about seven plus years. Uh, it's basically seven years of house shows with all kinds of big names so i think that's a real valuable library um you know for both um aw or wwe since they're both looking to you know they're both going to looking to uh get footage but for AEW, i think that would be good and tony khan's an AEW, i mean a UFC, uh, uh ring of honor fan and on also um, maybe the St. Louis Library, but that's only a couple of years and Anthem owns that right now. So um, yeah, I think that if that's so far back though. now we're talking you know, over 40 years and I don't know how much value that would have today, although there's lots of big names on it, but the ECW one, I think that there's absolutely value to, you know, even though it's again, it's many, many years ago, but I think that that one would be a valuable pickup for um, either WWE and, and, and especially for Aew.
0: You have a big story in the New Observer about the whole situation with Kane Velasquez, including a lot of comments from uh, other fighters and wrestlers, not the least of which is Ronda Rousey writing, I would have done the same thing if not worse. So what is the latest on Cain Velasquez and his charges, and have you heard anything from uh, anybody
2: that um, lawyers, etc., that have speculated about what we're looking at here? I've heard from lawyers, but nothing of nothing some substantial or anything like that. Um, you know, as far as I mean, if he goes to a jury trial, I think that there will be a lot of sympathy, and I cannot imagine him getting 20 years in prison, which is is the minimum for a conviction for what he's being charged with, um, and that sounds unduly harsh. Um, I don't know that he would get a. You know, it's there's too many different things to really know, but. Um, I mean, it's a bad, bad, bad situation. Um, And yeah, but I mean, I think that he's being arraigned on Monday and um, there'll be more. And hopefully, hopefully he'll be he'll be let out on bail. Um, And, you know, there's a protection order, you know, where he can't get anywhere near those, you know, the the Gilardi family. So, um, you know, and he better not violate that. But uh, yeah, that's I guess that's the latest.
0: Dana White, uh, to Barstool Sports said I obviously feel sorry for him and his family. It's a horrible thing. I don't know enough details to speak on it, but from what I've heard, we all say we do it if it ever happened to us, and Kane did it. Which is in fact exactly I mean, you know, sometimes Dana's not exactly uh but that's uh that is that is true. Mm-hmm. Everyone says you know, they do it.
1: Everyone well, says they... it. That's yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> um Yeah, but you know, there's I don't a know. reason
1: you don't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's the point of the whole the, the, story, the, but yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Look, if there was only one guy in the car, it'd be one thing, but there were three, and two of them were innocent, and I think that's the thing that I can't get around. And I know some people can. Um, I can't, you know, and this is from someone who, you know, likes the guy, you know, talks to the guy and everything, but, you know, there, there were innocent people in that car. Got a lot of details on... Uh, you've just known him forever, I mean... I don't know him well, but I mean, I know him, yeah, you know, I mean if he's at a wrestling show, we'll talk you know he always brings his family to you know to shows and and you know he's a super nice guy, you know, kind of um you know not very outgoing or anything, but um but Certainly very, very not nice. outgoing,
0: I think we can no, all agree on that
2: no, no that's that's why he didn't fit well with w w e is because he's not really outgoing he's very internalizes and you know and everything, but he's a smart guy and he's you know obviously a you know, it's 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 a shame about his fighting career because if it was not for the injuries, he'd be, you know, probably the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. But, you know, the injuries happened.
0: You know, we got about uh, 30 seconds here, but when he did uh, wrestling, you know, when he went to, uh, to Mexico, he wore a mask. And uh, it was like, you got Cain Velasquez, what's this guy got a mask on for? But sometimes I think he with a loves
2: g- he loves Lucha Libre. Well, that's well why. not only that, but I think
0: like a guy with his personality, I think he might actually do way better with a mask on yeah. because like he can let his he can like not be himself and just go out there and be bombastic. Whereas if he doesn't have the mask, maybe he would be self-conscious about everything. I don't know. But that that's what I thought when he.
2: Well, I would say is I would say this having seen um, all but one of his pro wrestling matches. He was much better with the mask than without it, but that was because when he was with the mask, he was out there doing Lucha Libre, and when he was out the mask, they wanted him to do whatever he did in Saudi Arabia, which was essentially nothing. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, the new Observer is available, available on the front page of WrestlingObserver.com. In addition to that, I think we got over 1,000 observers that we have uh, in the archives. And I uh, want you throw out the address if people happen to want a paper copy.
2: Okay, if you want it, um, it's... Um it's P.O. Box 1228, Campbell, California, 95009. But the best way to do it is just go to the Observer, um, um, the daily update in the Observer, and there's details exactly how to subscribe if you do want a paper copy. That's
0: right. And uh, the online service, com. you not only get the newsletters, but uh, all of our podcasts. So if you love Wrestling Observer Radio, Wrestling Observer Live, Brian and Vinny, all of them, all of the new shows and 13,000 archives. So we're going to head to a break. Back in a moment with Montese, Wrestling Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. And it's a miracle we got Montesi on the show here today. Hey, what's happening?
3: What is going on, everybody? I am glad to be here after our... Technical Difficulty Day, I am in the building. I am finally here, brother. Yeah, I know that
0: a lot of you have, uh, you know, you lived through a pandemic, and so you've been on Zoom for the past couple of years, and you probably hate Zoom for that reason. I just hate Zoom because I'm old. I don't know how to use this stupid thing. I'm using my wife's account. There's probably a picture of a whale that Montezzi is looking at right now. (laughs) But you know what? We did it. We got him here. So you're
1: you're admitting it was your fault,
0: boss Of course it was my fault. It's always my fault. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Montezzi, what's coming up tomorrow? (laughs)
3: Oh man, we have the showcase of showcases man for, you know, wrestling music man. We have the AEW first ever live show at um at the uh, AEW music show at the venue at UCF Saturday tomorrow the After Fan Fest. Make sure you guys get your tickets at aewtix.com. I'm performing Mikey Ruckus, the AEW producer extraordinaire, all the music you hear each and every week on Dynamite AEW, things of that nature. They he is performing, and Mr. Wrestle Flow Josiah Williams is on the card performing too.
0: You know, I, I, it's going to sound like the usual ah, oh, paid by Tony Khan, <laughs> but uh, I like the uh, AEW music. I, 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 back in the day in WWF, uh, when it was Jim Johnson. So much great music and like every song was different and every song, you know, Ted DiBiase's music, Shawn Michaels, mu- I mean, you could go on and on for like forever about all these great themes. And uh, no offense to whoever's doing in the last few years. Maybe I do mean some offense here, but they all sound the same. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing yeah. special about them, you know. When I was a kid, I always wanted to buy the albums to get the songs. Now it's like, ah, who cares? <laughs> but uh, I, I, the way I like about the AEW music is it is like all of the songs are different, and I, I think that they do a uh, they do a great job. So that'll be that'll be fun tomorrow. So what's going to be
3: performed? Oh man, so you know, Josiah is going to be performing. Uh, I believe his Serena Deeb's theme he made his um his uh his also his his song he made for uh for sean spears and uh, i'll be performing uh a couple songs from my set but um i'll also be performing sammy Guevara's theme which i made so make sure you guys come in and 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 see that once again com to get your tickets and also mikey ruckus will be performing adam cole thunder rosa all those themes man that you guys really love so we're going to have a good time tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of hits performed tomorrow in the wrestling world. So.
0: Now, Mike's got a question, but I got to do a follow-up here. So yes. uh, how, whose music have you produced?
3: Wow. Where uh, to begin? Uh, I'll make it quick. Uh, big Swole before she left AEW. Um, I've made uh, Swerve's previous music that wasn't Shaka Khan's music, the uh, opposite side of his music. I've made music for Shane Taylor. Uh, I just did Dragon Lee's out in Mexico. Um, he's about to debut it just did dragon leads the one he's about to debut you guys about to hear i did that man i've done themes for so so many guys man over the years um the most i've made for is roh ROH that's my most more most of my resume is but i've hit wwe i've hit i've hit everywhere man hit everywhere
1: i'm so old i never thought i'd have to ask this question but i don't know how old you are so it's like are you somebody that loved hip-hop and got involved in wrestling because of hip-hop or are you just like a music fan that loved wrestling that you know i just wanted to put their musical skills to it it just it's crazy how hip-hop is really the best themes for pro wrestling a lot of them are hip-hop themes and bass themes and that you know how did you get to this point how did you get into wrestling and and meeting these people and and creating their music for them
3: Oh, well, you know, I uh, started in 2014. I made a random song for Roman Reigns, just a random hip-hop song. It went pre-viral before we knew what viral meant. And that shows how long I've been in the game. But, you know, um, it has been, I was always, I've always been a hip-hop fan. I, I was another fan that bought all the WWF CDs, Aggression, Forcible Entry, Volume 4, 5. I was a regular fan. And then one day, I just randomly wrote a song about a wrestler. And I just said, you know what? it'd be smart business for me to continue to do this. So I went all over the Indies. I've met Brian on uh, several occasions at the shows and you know, we've, um, you know, we just traveled the world. I traveled the world, made music for everybody and their mother. If they wanted a the theme, I just did it the hard earned way. I just put my other
0: grandmothers. On. Cause I got one. Oh, you got one.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grandmother wants one. Holler at me, man. Yeah, She's I'm 92.
0: I think we could do some good hip hop for her.
3: That's right. <laughs> hit, hit me up, Brian. I got, you. <laughs> do you have bars that rhyme
0: with Wendy's frosty? Oh, get out of here, Mike. Well, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did meet you at Defy, and uh, Swerve yes. was there before he'd gone to WWE. And mm-hmm. uh, we actually, you know, in studio here, uh, did a show. Yep, and yep. Uh, and then he goes to, to NXT, and uh, they gave him, uh, maybe I shouldn't call it a gimmick, but, you know, he was a guy that did music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I I watched it. And, you know, the more they did, then there's a song. And I guess I really didn't know because he's got an album coming out now.
3: Yes, we are. Uh, we are working on we're about to release our third album together. So uh, so but,
0: how how far back does this go? I mean, has this been something that he's been doing forever? And I just never knew about it till he went to NXT or. Yes. like <laughs> Am I that
3: out to lunch here? <laughs> no, nah, man. Um, you know, that's my best friend. So he picked up. He picked up the talent from me. Um, I, I'm his mentor, so he picked up the talent from me. We started doing music together. He learned, like anybody else, um, from me helping him do it to him doing it by himself. And um, we uh, we've been focused. We've been doing this for three years now, so we're on our third project together, and it's been amazing. It comes out in the 18th. It's called Tears. Make sure you guys go on all di- uh, distributed platforms and, and get that get that album. We have some great music coming, so it's a. Uh, it's something he picked up. And I, I call him the most gifted dude I know because he picked it up very, very fast. i never seen somebody pick up music that fast. For never doing it. So, very gifted dude. Well, was very he gifted, a, proud of him? Was he a
1: writer before this? Or would I mean as no. far as like did with any freestyles, anything? No, nope, nothing, this Mike. All, See, I'm not out brand to lunch. New. <laughs> nope.
3: This is all this is all. This, how do you think I feel sitting there watching this happen, <laughs> seeing somebody who never rapped in their life and then like <laughs> Two, two weeks later, he just picks it up. I'm like, this is different. I've never been around anybody like this that's picked this up like this. this man. Well,
1: how, did, how did his NXT deal, you know, obviously, I don't know what a WWE 360 deal would look like, but I mean, wh- how did you play a part in anything that they were doing there? Or were you able to play a part in anything that they were doing there with WWE, how they do things?
3: Uh, as far as with uh, with uh, with the E, well, yep. you know there, there was um, there was different things that uh, opportunities that I would get. Uh, you know, I would be told to get my input on or things that they would you know run by me as far as the group or you know as far as Swerve himself, and I'd give my opinion. But a lot of that was them. They all they did all that themselves. Swerve would hit me up if there was any ideas he would want to ask me. But a lot of that was them, man. That was all hit road, man. You know, and um, I just was like the the goal. I was like the imaginary manager of the team, so. You know, it's just it's great it's great to it's great to see that. But they they that's all them man. All them them four was all that's all their creative juices. I was just there if they needed me behind the scenes, man.
0: You know, the uh, last Defy show that I went to was uh, January, and uh, Swerve appeared. He made a surprise appearance at the end of the show, mm-hmm. and uh, I did not know that he was going to AEW at the time. But mm-hmm. as soon as I saw this graphic for the first ever AEW Music Live Show. Uh the venue at UFC or UCF, I knew immediately this guy was going to uh, A.W. And next thing you know, he's signed. So uh now hey, maybe you don't have to be his invisible manager anymore.
3: You know, um I don't you know, it's it, it's different, man. I don't know. I'm not I'm not really uh the Paul Heyman type. But what I will say <laughs> is that, you know, musically and this will not be the last that you see of me or him musically and now that we have creative freedom now it's you know we're able to have fun with our music and be able to really promote it to all the platforms and be able to have fun with it including our podcast as well so i'm excited about that
1: you know obviously you got the show coming up tomorrow but like looking into the future just a little bit you know coming up wrestlemania weekend while a is coming back aj gray's got the for the culture event coming back do you have any plans as it stands right now for for things coming up on wrestlemania weekend
3: Oh yeah! If you just said what you just said and read between the <laughs> lines, I think you just answered a lot of the same questions, brother. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff happening, man. WrestleMania weekend. I will be in the. I will be in the building. I will be around, and uh, I look forward. I look forward to that week. There's a lot of stuff happening. You, if you guys are there or around, you guys will see me, man. I'll be there, and there's a lot of festivities that uh, me personally, I'll be. I will be a part of. Definitely, I'm showing up. Tell everybody about the podcast. Yes, Swerve City Podcast. Uh, you know, I can announce this at our, our next uh guests. So uh we have different guests that we've bringing on, different people. Um we've brought in R and B superstars to once again wrestling legends to video gamers, everything we've had on. We're we're back in action. We're shooting uh about two episodes a month right now. YouTube.com backslash swerve city podcast with me and my brother Swerve. We are all over, all over the world, man. We have very special guests coming up lined up that uh, we're going to surprise you guys with. And, man, we've been at it four years. We started on the on a beanbag on Instagram Live together, two beanbags, and now we got a studio. So we're just building this episode by episode, man. And we appreciate all the support. Trying to get these subscribers up. We're at 11,000. Let's make that 11 million, and uh, we'll keep moving. So make sure you guys tune in to YouTube.com backslash Swerve City Podcast. Once again, subscribe to our channel.
0: You know, I don't know how old you are, TZ, but uh, we grew up doing the same things, buying those old, uh, you know, CDs with all that music, and uh, did you ever want to be a wrestler? You ever do that backyard wrestling gimmick?
3: No, I never did, man. I knew my limitations, man. I'm, wow. I'm 33, by the, I'm 33, by the way. I know. I, I, I am, too. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I I actually, um, you know, never did it. It never, it never, I kind of knew my role, man. I'd watch it, and I... I don't, I, you know, I played. I played a little bit of football. So when I played running back and tight end, when I got hit, I didn't like the pain of getting hit. So I kind of stopped playing football because oh, yeah. I didn't like. I didn't like the pain. So it was the same thing. I knew it was going to be painful, and I was like, my tolerance of pain for certain things is high, but wrestling, uh, nah, that's not me, man. People have asked me though to try stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you
0: know, it's okay. funny is, uh, you know, we're we're two peas in a pod here, Montezzi, because. I've heard people say, "Oh, I love the pain. I love the contact." And I was always one of those guys. I don't want to. I don't want to feel pain. It hurts. It like, hurts, man. Who wants yeah. to feel pain? What's wrong with these people? I don't know. I, loved, I liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can. I can tell. They are a <laughs> was, fan of pain. There was a natural yeah. thing that that, sword, that
3: the good no. soreness you
1: have after a, a game or a work, especially when you win. It only hurt when you
0: lost. I'm on. I'm with you, Monteezy.
3: I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it, brother. I, I'm, I'm good, man. I try, you know. I see my friends do it. A lot of my friends, I've grown over these years to learn the professional wrestlers. A lot of my brothers and sisters, I give them the best of luck, man. I couldn't do it, man. Football was enough for me. I was tired.
1: Well, who do you like? Who do you like out there? But obviously, besides Swerve. But you know what? As a fan, you know what has always popped you and excites you, seeing in the ring.
3: Man, I'm the. I'm like I'm the biggest Darby Allen guy, man. I love him. I just I like the I like the mysterious mystique type characters. I'm a big Darby Allen guy. I like um who else am I I'm a big fan of? I like uh I like Jungle Boy. I like uh Moxley. I'm a big fan of um I I'm actually a big fan of uh, the um the Bucks. I like like a lot of teams, man. I like a lot of I like a lot of uh a lot of wrestling now. But as far as as far as the E, um, Reigns, Reigns is my guy, obviously that's who I you know the, they got me in the um, got me in the game. So the NOI family, will always I will always show love to them. So Roman, big fan of him, big fan. I, I love the new Brock. The new Brock, I love it. This I love guy is awesome. He's the greatest. You know I mean? He's the greatest man. He's the, the most entertaining thing. Him and Reigns are the two most entertaining things on that side of television to me right now. Them two, I, I, I enjoy it. But uh,
0: well, hey, stand by, hold that thought. We we'll back in just a moment, everybody. Wrestling Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Elber is here. Wrestling Observer Live, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Our new co-host Montez, holy smokes, we could be, we could, we could talk for years uh, based on the last commercial break. But anyway, we got a lot of stuff coming up, so uh, let's mm-hmm. get some plugs in, and then uh, we'll do another show at another time. But what's coming up tomorrow?
3: Uh, tomorrow, man, the first ever AEW show, live show, it is going down at the UCF venue. You know, we have Josiah Williams on the card. We have myself on the card. And we have Mikey Ruckus on the card performing the first AEW Live show. There's going to be a lot of special guests. I can't even name. I'm bringing in a lot of special celebrities that I can't name. And they're not even wrestlers. I'm bringing in a whole slew of people. So you make sure you guys come to the show, Aewtix.com. Get your tickets. It's only $20. Cause you spend $20 on on $20? You know that's sure. less than one of my cameos. I'm saying What are you all man, waiting uh, for? Come out, get the tickets. We're going to have a great show. Come say what's up to me, Josiah. We're all going to be together, hanging out anyway. So come out, say what's up to us. It's going to be a great live show. And uh, we're going to go put on a performance of a lifetime. Oh, I have a live DJ, so I got a live DJ with me. So it's going to be spinning and all that. We're going to have fun. Uh, make sure you guys come out and tune in. And also, me and Swerve's new album, the 18th, is called Tears. It will be out this month. It will be out in actually four, uh, 10 days, actually. No, 12 days. So make sure you guys come out. And show love to us and everything that we have going on. That's, it's a great album. It's a great project. Once again, it'll be Spotify, iTunes, all digital platform. We have a music video dropping that day as well. So, you know, it's, it's content for days. Make sure you follow the YouTube channel for the podcast, youtube.com podcast, music videos, my videos. And also, I am debuting a song Saturday, lastly, with the great R&B legend, platinum-selling rapper uh, and singer, Music soul child. The song's called Pressure, so I have a platinum selling artist on a wrestling record with me. So Holy that is smokes. other great news. Well, awesome.
0: Yeah, we are totally out of time, but hey, TZ Jones on Twitter, at TZ Jones. I've also retweeted it, at Brian Alvarez, so check it out. We'll have T Z back again someday. Thanks so much for doing the show. We are out of time. We'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live.